0: You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Goth.
0: It is Monday. That means it is time for Mental Health Monday. We'll check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman here in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu.
1: Live Uncommon.
0: It is time to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday here on The Coffee Hour. Good morning, Heidi.
2: Good morning. It's good to be with you all today.
0: Happy Monday. It's a chilly Monday here in St. Louis. Uh, How about in Nebraska today?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Halloween was so windy that even I think if people wanted to trick-or-treat, you might have gotten blown away. So (laughs) between COVID and the wind, we had 12 trick-or-treaters
0: in our neighborhood.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I had like socially distanced like treats on my front porch and everything. So was kind of a bummer. I think I'm coming... I'm coming down from my, like, you know, Reformation, Halloween, bummer. I, I think Easter and the fact that we all... This is mental health related, I guess, so I'm just going to talk about it. <laughs> but, like, we all... I don't know, it was all so new, and we were grieving together, and now I feel like it's just gone on and on, and so things like not having the Reformation celebrations we would normally have, and not maybe doing all the trick-or-treating that we would normally do, and things like that, I don't know, I feel like mm-hmm. it's getting to me, I don't know about anybody else out there, but it's just, you know, it's, it's gone on so long that I feel like my mental health needs a little bit of self-care from, <laughs> some stewarding of self <laughs> from all of that, so I'm glad to talk with you this morning. I think that'll be, be good for my own mental health.
0: <laughs> and today we're talking about industry. So what is industry? I, that's a, that, that could be a very yeah. broad term. I'm curious what, <laughs> right. what industry means right. for mental health.
2: You know, I think it's so funny because part of language is that it works during a certain time and place, or it works during a certain kind of environment that it was intended for. And so I think one thing about Erickson's stages of development is that we end up with these terms like autonomy and industry that mean very little to us, (laughs) like because number one, we don't use them in our environment very often. Like They are, um, I think, more psychologically reflected terms during his time. And I think if Erickson was alive today and doing this work, I think he probably would have called it something else um, that was maybe a little bit more relevant to this time and place. And so just like translation of scripture is important um, based on the Greek and Hebrew's origin, but also our time and place, the same is true for any kind of research that we read. We have to interpret it for that time that was given and then our time now. And so industry is one of those terms. And I feel like every month I've basically reworded uh, <laughs> like Erikson's <laughs> stages of development because that is not a term that we use very often One thing I think is contribution is maybe a better term uh, Mm. that we would likely use now, Uh, even usefulness, but I hesitate to use that because I don't feel like usefulness is a very pro-life kind of term, if you will. Mm. Um, And I do think there's more to it than that. Those are overly simplistic, which is probably why Erickson used a term like industry that had uh, more meat to it. So on my uh website, com. tomorrow we'll have an article that kind of outlines a little bit more of a definition of industry based on I think the spiritual principle of purpose is really what we're looking at here. So what is my purpose on this earth? Uh, you know, we went through some stages of development already that were about attachment and um, knowing that we're loved and worthy and valued and then autonomy, that we have this independence that we can be curious. And then that we can explore and and start to move around in our space. Um, And we have our own free will. And now we're moving on to the bigger questions, you know. And so next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about purpose and identity and vocation and those kind of like heavily uh, spiritual, uh, even Lutheran kind of terminology, if you will. But today, we're going to stay with that kind of basic concept. So if industry is purpose, really, um, or related heavily to the idea of purpose, um, then how do we begin, what questions, I guess, in our life are involved in that. Um, And we start to see school-aged kids, you know, they want to have a contribution, right? They want to be part of the bigger picture a little bit more than we see them just wanting to explore and discover. Like they want to please the teacher a little bit sometimes, or they want to uh, be the line leader. We talked about leadership last month, Uh, but they also want to do that because there is purpose in it. They get to have a space in the world. that that contributes something to the world around them. So to get us kicked off before we ask ourselves some very deep and uh, meaningful questions here, Andy and Sarah, let's start with when you were school-aged what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? Because I think that's really one of the things we're talking about when we talk about industry is that idea of what is, what am I here for? You know? Uh, and so for kids, we ask them that question, what do you want to be when you grow up? So what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up, when you were school-aged?
1: I think my answer to that changed every year when I was a kid.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> Good, many things,
1: so many things I was interested in. Uh, I know a few on the list were meteorologists because I love science and I still love science and interior designer, which is still something I would love to do eventually mm-hmm. in my life. Um, I think nurse and teacher were on there too. And public health professional was there somewhere mm-hmm. along the line, which kind of ended up happening. Um, but I think those were the biggies on my list. <laughs> mm,
2: that's good. That's good. I love it. Uh, we'll talk about why that's healthy. Uh, but Andy, how about you?
0: Teacher. I wanted to be the a teacher. The whole time. Yeah.
2: Just like you and your pretend worksheets and were you passing them out to your stuff oh, yeah. animals and such? Yeah. I totally was. Yeah. That yeah. is awesome. I think it's interesting how God takes those things that are uh, desires of our heart, if you will, even if they're for a season, and then he knits them in different ways, right? You know, you can probably see aspects of all those things in your life. And I think part of the work of industry versus inferiority, this developmental stage that we'll return to again and again. Is looking at those things that we love, the specific gifts that God has given us um, that ignites, you know, he uh, the spirit kind of ignites our hearts. And we know that we have something to contribute and in this space during our time on Earth here and then rooting out like what is, you know, what we're going to spend time on, what we're going to really focus in on. Versus what's going to be our fun house project we're going to do or what's going to be how we help our neighbor or something in our free time. Um, I don't think we're such simple creatures that our purpose is only our vocation. And like I said, we're going to talk about that a lot next week. So uh, we'll reserve that if people really are into vocation and identity in those conversations. <laughs> next week is the week for you, if you will. Um, but. I I want to dial back into Erickson's theory, because one thing that he gives us is these like essential questions, if you will, for each stage. And I think this one's so interesting, because the essential question from Erickson for this stage is, how can I be good? Which is like okay (laughs) i don't know i just think like good goodness our goodness being wrapped up in our industry or what we bring to the world can you see some like struggle and problem with that Mm -hmm. um in direct relationship in fact to our like theological understanding of salvation itself justification and sanctification both Mm -hmm. and so I think instead, I would like to reframe the question to be, how can I offer something that is good? Like, that's not going to be my goodness, right? Like, even though... uh, Uh, it's so theologically complicated (laughs) to have this conversation, which is so good for our mental health, right? (laughs) Like let's lean into how good this is for our mental health to be like, I'm going to say some maybe wrong things here on the radio. (laughs) I feel good about it, but I do think that it's really hard to distinguish the way that God sees us. And we talked about this last month a little bit. So I encourage the um, listener to go back to the archives, but that idea of where does our worth come from? You know, I do think that it's important we see that God gives us worth as created beings because he deemed us worthy to save, right? He like sent mm-hmm. Jesus and there is some worth for us, whether we know Jesus or not in that like statement belief or whatever from God that we are savable. that he will send his son for us. However, when we talk about goodness, which is different from worth, right, um, and value, goodness, we understand that I am only good in Christ because I, <laughs> I, I will always, always mess up. Even the goodness I bring into this world—it reminds me of even there was a Friends episode where they had an argument <laughs> um, on is there any un or is there any unselfless good deed? And at the end of the day, they came to the conclusion that there's no. Unselfish good deed, and I feel like that that's a good representation of like if even secular life can come to this, then we, with our foundation in Christ, can surely rest instead of be uh like tortured by in the way that Luther was in his early life uh, the fact that we need Christ, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that we desperately need Christ in order to see goodness in us, around us, and all of that good stuff. Um, So we do offer good things, though, because God has given us good gifts. That's a different thing than me saying, You know, I I need to prove my goodness or I'm going to rest in goodness of uh, the the basic goodness of humanity. Like those things will always disappoint me. But knowing that I have good things to offer because God created me and because Christ redeemed me, that's an important part of this developmental stage. And you can see how even then school age kids trying to root this out for themselves and then move on to identity is wow that is that is hard work it's hard work and so i think this is why kids during school age start to get some anxiety <laughs> when they look at the world around them Um, we start to see some mental health stuff creep in with families, uh, struggling. If, if you don't have those safe spaces to ask a lot of questions, it will be really, really challenging. So, so I want to bridge the gap between, um, am I good to what kind of good things do I offer? Um, and so you can see then when you say, I want to be an interior designer when I grow up, or I want to be a teacher when I grow up, or I want to work in health when I grow up. Um, if if we can already help them understand that they have plenty of good things to offer while their goodness doesn't rest on those things, then we're we're closer to that question of whether my salvation is found in my goodness or not. Um, does that make sense, you guys? Mm-hmm.
0: And, and it's a good thing that, that in today's society that kids don't, uh, you know, as they're looking to adults, for examples of how to be good, or how to make themselves appear good that they don't have examples of Mm -hmm. people just making other people look bad, uh, to look Mm -hmm. good. Right. We don't have any of that right now in, in, in our society.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. absolutely. Not this week. Right, right, right. (laughs) Not this week of, of all weeks. Um, no. And I think, um, being honest about people's flaws as much as we're honest about their, uh, gifts and abilities and what they offer is, is super important in this, both, you know, ourselves as parents or as teachers or leaders um, in the church, even our clergy, being honest about what they uh, offer. That's good. And then also ways that they mess up and the flaws and weaknesses they have Um, those that authentic culture, if you will, that we build in our homes and in our schools and uh, the places we move around in will go a long way. For kids and for us to be able to answer that question, like, what do I offer that's good versus how am I good um, when the answer is always Christ? I think sometimes we do ourselves a disservice for our mental health when we too simply answer the question with, anything good in me is Christ. Okay, that is true, but then widen the lens. You know, people are looking for some answers to this. Um, they are looking for what they have to offer that is good. And so we can say anything good in us is Christ. Um God has created us uh with so many gifts to offer. Uh but but when at the end of the day we rest in him and and then we can see you know the true parts of ourselves that do have something to contribute to this world. All right, I think it's time for a break, right? Usually it we is time for a for
0: quick break. We're, <laughs> it is Mental Health Monday. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: Christian Friends of New Americans invites you to play Virtual Trivia November 7th and or 14th. Your team members can join you on Zoom from anywhere. There's also a virtual auction November 7th through the 14th. Auction items include vacations, gift baskets, certificates, golf lessons, and more. Your support is needed for ministry among refugees and immigrants. Visit cfna-stl.org slash events or call 314-517-8513. That's 314-517-8513. When you need a friend, you have a friend in Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, and friends among his people at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church, Arnold, Missouri. At Good Shepherd Lutheran Church, you will find Christ-centered word and sacrament ministry, inspirational liturgical worship services, and faithful preaching and teaching. Sunday morning worship services are at 9 and 1030. We invite you to worship with us, Good Shepherd Lutheran Church, 2211 Tenbrook Road, Arnold, Missouri, on the web at goodshepherdarnold.org welcome back to the coffee hour i'm andy bates
1: i'm sarah Golseth.
0: it is monday that means it is mental health monday with deaconess heidi Mm gaming we're talking industry today so have we covered everything that you wanted to up until this point heidi we're ready to get into foundations Mm -hmm. theological foundations for our mental health
2: Yeah, I think so. I want to offer um, some scripture verses in this next section that really help us give a foundation for that goodness coming from God alone, I think, because there is there is some real wrestling in this stage. And, um, you know, the culture will always want us to to contribute more, like will never be enough for the culture around us, right? And that's, again, we're always referencing Brene Brown here, I feel like, but the research is really solid that at the end of the day, so many of us are asking that question, like, am I good enough? Um, and, and the answer culturally to that question will always be like, no, you're not, you know? So it's really easy to confuse purpose with productivity. Purpose with productivity and so dialing back seeing where that sense of goodness comes from um, in God I think will help us have a foundation to stand on so then we can move on to the questions of what is my purpose here what do I uniquely have to contribute to the world around me so I have three scripture verses for you today one is James one seventeen, And I have a whole study of James called Good Gifts that's available on Amazon. Um, and it, this is a theme verse because I had to start asking myself this question is what is good and what does God call good and how might that be different than what I call good? Uh, so there is a lot of depth to this question. If you're interested in it, I really encourage you to pick up Good Gifts from uh, Amazon and, and just work through it kind of slowly. Uh, so James one seventeen says every good and Every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And I think that sense of change is really important. So we when we answer the purpose question for ourselves. Right. So picture (laughs) eight year old Sarah being like, I am going to be a public health official. Right. And then (laughs) things shift and change. How does that internally impact us? Like if if we feel like especially in our culture, if we doubt that thing that we feel like we've been given, we should do and change our minds. I think it feels really offsetting. Um, So so the foundation is always a God who doesn't change. Um you know, our ideas, our strengths, our weaknesses even will always be changing. We might have some that are more stable than others, but we are changing people. The world is changing around us and what we can contribute here. What God is pointing to us even will change at times. Uh, And so understanding that God is good When we are not, when the world is not, when uh, maybe we miss the mark uh, and when we do change our mind, you know, which is not even necessarily a bad thing. Like God, freedom in Christ, right? We can change our mind, which is a beautiful thing. So that foundation, I think, helps us a lot. And the next one is Mark 10, 18. Um, No one is good but one. That is God. I just think that's really helpful, right? (laughs) Like (laughs) God himself says it. So I just need to believe it sometimes when I get wrapped up in my own goodness and trying to prove my own goodness, if you will, through my contribution, just really dialing back to no one is good, but one. And that's God. That's not my job to be good. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we want to bring good things to this world and not evil, but I think understanding that the weight of Goodness doesn't rest on me when I look around and I'm challenged by election season or I'm <laughs> challenged by the uh the racism in our communities I'm challenged by these big cultural questions we want to answer. That helps me to understand that while I can bring some good stuff to this world i I'm going to rest back in that goodness of God. Um, yeah, what do you see any truth in that? I guess Andy and Sarah I'll take a brief pause. <laughs> I I mean yes. <laughs> it's, it's I'm so good at questions today.
1: <laughs> I mean it's it's a it's a relieving thing I guess to uh to know that our goodness in life doesn't come from ourselves alone. Uh our goodness is through Christ and that uh we fail um all the time because we're sinners, but that we go back to Christ for that repentance and forgiveness. And then out of that flows all of this good stuff for our neighbors and, and um being able to to love more fully, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's a wild paradoxical thing. And you know me, I love the paradoxes of faith, but (laughs) that when we are basically stripped of our goodness and honest about that before God, then all the goodness comes, (laughs) you know, like then he can really just fill us with goodness for that to go out to this world around us. And so that's what we do, you know, it's that emptying to be filled with Christ. Um, And the last scripture I have really attests to that, Psalm 23, verse 6, you know, one of uh, the most often memorized pieces of scripture. I think we could easily miss this little part. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, yes, no one is good but one. But guess what follows us around? In Christ Jesus, like that blows my mind. <laughs> like God <laughs> chases us down with His goodness, um, so that we can bring it to the world. So goodness pursues us; it follows us; it desires us; it delights in us. Um, good is that spoken blessing of God over us. Um, God calls me good, then through Christ, and so it's a little. It's not a little, it's a lot easier to move in this world knowing that my goodness then is secure. I'm not asking that question constantly, even if internally I am occasionally, am I good enough because I have that foundation? And so... For people listening, it will be easier to sort out purpose for yourselves, for your children, for your friends and those around you when we have that solid foundation and we're just returning to scripture to get that foundation of God's goodness in us. Otherwise, I think we get the cart before the horse, if you will, and we're asking all these questions about our purpose and what we can contribute. And then we get really confused about our goodness. And it actually tanks very quickly. um, And our mental health tanks in that because we're always asking, are, are we good enough? Do we have anything to offer? In Christ, we know, we know the answer to that question, even when it's hard to believe. You know, we have the scriptural foundation to stand on that. So I'm curious, Andy and Sarah, what Bible verses or stories in scripture really help you reflect on God's goodness? I thought maybe we could give our listeners some other examples that you all thought of in the Bible that remind you of God's goodness.
0: Joseph and his brothers, when he speaks to his brothers and they're thinking oh you know he's he's we're doomed because he's <laughs> just going to take out his his vengeance on us uh and mm-hmm. and he tells them what you meant for harm god used for good and uh that mm-hmm. even when there are crummy things going on around us that that god can use it for good or even in john chapter 9 uh the man born blind and uh, they're asking, you know, why is this man born blind? Was it his sin or his parents? And it's neither his sin nor his parents. Um, mm-hmm. But th- that that God, uh, that the glory of God might be shown in this, that, that God might be glorified by this. Um, so when we mm-hmm. think something is awful, uh, God still uses it for something good. He can use it for something that is good. Um, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's a gracious God, considering how much we messed up this world that he made for us. Uh, that's a good and gracious God.
2: No, you're right. And it's so good to rest in that. And two things come to mind, especially with the Joseph story, the like you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good really makes me reflect on the election season that we're in. And sometimes we think, like our contribution is so meaningful that if we don't make the right choice, you know, that God is judging us or that we've messed up the world around us. And the reality is, is we don't have that much power. Like our, I think seeing that the goodness rests in God also helps us understand God's largeness and our smallness. And there's a lot of power in that, that Yes, I have something to contribute, but it's not going to make or break things, <laughs> like you know, that, and that feels good. Like Sarah was just saying, like it, it takes some weight off of that instead of me being like, oh, my goodness, so much pressure, so much pressure to vote and do the right thing. You know, it's good. But that doesn't have to be everything. Um, And then when you talked about the man born blind, how we move in industry with disabilities or even our weaknesses, uh, understanding that God has a contribution uh, to be given through everyone and we are not dependent on what the world says about uh, what is. You know a good contribution so all right sarah do we have time for sarah's reflection but, i was just super, gonna say no, hear all, music
1: all <laughs> of the easter vigil readings those are all of my stories about mm. god's goodness because <laughs> the salvation would. throughout time <laughs> oh
2: that's good it's easter true. vigil readings awesome well yes, and next week we'll return to this and we'll talk identity and asking that those questions a little bit deeper so
0: You've been listening to The Coffee Hour (laughs) with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman today for Mental Health Monday. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth. Send an email to gifts at kfuo.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere.